Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,324. It's always more fun to do more with less, I think. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, calling in from Michigan, Rob Sass. Rob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I think so. I've got kind of an old two-point buckle on, but uh, it should hold me in place, right? <laughs> I think so, as long as I keep it between the guardrails, which I promised to do today, of course. You know, I'm a very careful Porsche driver. And I'll remind our listeners, Rob was one of my first 100 guests when I started this venture, which I'm very appreciative. He was guest number 85 back in September of 2014. So I've come a long way, baby, since you were on the show last time. Of course, we stay in touch through uh, the Porsche Club and all the things that we see each other at. Rob Sass is editor-in-chief of Porsche Panorama, the official publication of the Porsche Club of America, also known as the PCA. He is also the PCA's director of content, and his role was recently responsible for the launch of Renbow, the Porsche Color Wiki, which is the largest collection of Porsche car color images on the web, all organized by their colors. It is very, very cool. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Rob started his career as a lawyer, a prosecutor with the Missouri Attorney General's Office. He transitioned to automotive publishing over 15 years ago, first as a freelancer. His work appeared in Car and Drivers Magazine, Sports Car Market Magazine, Classic and Sports Car Magazine, and the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. He spent six years at Haggerty Insurance Company with my friends there and was editor-in-chief of Chevrolet's official brand publication, New Road. So, Rob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your career and your passion for those cars that I love, too, called Porsches? Well, I, you know, I think you covered a lot of it. It's kind of an interesting midlife career change story. I was an attorney. I was a prosecutor, as you mentioned, then a partner at a medium-sized law firm in St. Louis and realized I really wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I, I had this sort of a steady transition from practicing law into automotive publishing. I went uh, to become in-house counsel at an auto transport company, which got me going to all the events, to Pebble Beach, to Amelia Island. I started to network and meet people and, and realized that one of the few things that I really liked about practicing law was the writing that I was doing. I just found a way to channel it into a subject that I really cared about as opposed to law. Uh, uh, laws of appellate procedure or, you know, bankruptcy or whatever I was doing, you know, 20 years ago. Well, I think it's pretty darn cool. And you know what I love about this is Cars Yeah! is about people who've wrapped their passion for cars into their careers and lives. And I think it's a pretty bold that you made a switch from being an attorney to jump into being a car writer. I would imagine you raised a few eyebrows of the family and friends when you did this because Every mom wants their son to be a doctor or a lawyer, right? Yeah. And I'm like, God, my son, the lawyer. The lawyer. <laughs> yeah, what's he free. doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, strangely enough, I didn't get any of that. I mean, my folks were were really supportive. I mean, I um, I had an English teacher in high school who said, you know, to me and uh, my parents at a conference, and I'm quite sure this kid is never going to make his living doing anything with the English language. And uh, when I had my first <laughs> byline in the New York Times, my mom 
brought that up. She said, boy, I'd like to find Mrs. Stiver somewhere and send her your byline at the time. So <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. always really supportive. And, and I never got the, oh, my, all that money, illegal education, all that time. And you're playing with cars. I, I never, I, you know, well, good uh, for I didn't you. think anyone thought it behind, uh, behind my back. So I, I yeah. was lucky. Well, very fortunate, you know, parents to support their kids on any endeavor. If they're chasing their passion, that's what makes life passionate and exciting. And to do something you don't like five days a week just to live for the weekend, that is no way to go through yeah. life. And I know a lot and of people that do law, that. It's more like doing it seven days a week, too. You know, you're playing golf on the weekends with clients and you're billing 2,400 hours a year. It's just, you know, it's it's all consuming for something that you really, the end of the day, wasn't all that fulfilling. Yeah, Absolutely. So as we continue on your journey, you may remember back to when you were on the show back in 2014. I asked you for a success quote or a mantra. This is something to kind of get you going. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Rob, take the wheel. Uh, well, you know, I, I recently read Matt May's Laws of Subtraction. And number six is doing something isn't always better than doing nothing. And that really resonated with me because as somebody who is at times attention challenged, I do a fair amount of, of, of daydreaming. And, you know, as I was reading that quote, I realized that a lot of the, the really strong ideas that I've come up with over the years have happened when I was really doing nothing in particular. I mean, Renbo came up that way, walking down a row of, of different colored Porsches at a car show. I thought, boy, a website that was the greatest collection of, of Porsches in every color would be a cool thing. It'd be a really neat an engaging destination. I wasn't sitting at my desk trying to come up with an idea that would engage people. I was really just sort of doing nothing, you know, just walking down a row of cars, enjoying the day. So doing something isn't always better than doing nothing resonates with me. And I, I like doing more with less. I've never had a massive budget to work with, with the exception of the the two years that I did Chevy's magazine. And it's it's really a lot more fun to put a small budget to work doing something big than it is to start with a big budget and 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 start with all the resources in the world and and you know try to justify your spend it's always more fun to do more with less i think yeah i love that quote that idea i know i've worked in places before where the bosses get angry when they don't look in an office and somebody's sitting there daydreaming or looking out the window i think it's great because when you free your mind and that's why Vacations are so important. Um, people that meditate have found they clear their mind and things come into their mind. I think it's good to get up and get away from all this barrage of things. Put your phone away. It's like going to a car yeah. show and just walking and thinking and meeting people. It's so much more rewarding than being buried in your phone, trying to take pictures, thinking about what you have to do at work that evening, that night, whatever. So uh, I think it's a great quote. I think yeah. And it, and it fantastic. winds up being more productive. And again, I'm not suggesting that people do nothing 40 hours a week, but this reflexive notion that we always have to be doing something that is directed at moving the ball forward, even if it winds up being a blind alley, I, I just don't think is is the right approach. I think clearing your mind rather than just reflexively doing something to avoid doing nothing is good advice. Yeah, it is. Very well said. Let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? And maybe even so, much more so, a Porsche guy. This is probably the same answer that I gave you back in, in September of 2014, but it hasn't changed. And it's the the day that my dad took me to see the Steve McQueen movie, Le Mans. This is probably 
the genesis of, of a lot of car people of a certain age and a lot of Porsche people of a certain age. But to this day, I can't look at a 917 anywhere, whether it's at an auction or a show field, without my hair just absolutely standing on end. The, you know, the, the privilege of seeing them at Rensport Reunion in September of 2018 was, was just incredible. Brought all of that back. So if you have to go back to one moment in my life, like so many other people, it was seeing that movie for the first time. You know, um, I have a TV show, which you know about, and I shot an episode that's going to be coming up in the fall with Chad McQueen. And I went to the Steve McQueen car show, which takes place every year in Chino Hills, California. Yeah. I was just there a few weeks ago. Sat down with him, and afterwards we were chatting a little bit, and we talked about this when I had Chad on my podcast. He's been on twice now, so you both have a, a kindred spirit now. You're both two-timers here on Cars, yeah? Um, but I talked to him about you know, when he was a kid and watching his dad film that movie. He was in France, and he said, you know what, Mark, to this day, when I see those 917s, they just kind of stop me in my tracks because everything comes flooding back into my mind of that experience and riding in that car. And uh, I, I think he even said he rode in his dad's lap once. They went out and did a, a little lap in that car in the 917 and rode with his dad. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it to you. Lamar, <laughs> Steve yeah. McQueen. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. You certainly have had a lot of challenges, which is great. We learn from these things. I want you to kind of dive into one and then tell us what that learning experience meant to you and how it helped you move forward after you had to experience maybe what was a bit uncomfortable. Well, about four years ago, I got to a point in my career where I decided, look, I work in the automotive industry. I've never worked with or for an OEM. So I had the opportunity. Chevrolet was had decided they wanted to launch a brand publication again. They wanted a, a you know a, a really high quality lifestyle publication, and uh, I was tapped to go do it uh, through Crane Communications in, in Detroit. So uh, I quickly realized that while some people thrive in an environment where you're navigating bureaucracies and you have multiple stakeholders and a lot of different sign-offs. I wasn't one of those people. To me, autonomy is like oxygen. You know, I, I, I need uh, the trust of, of, of my immediate supervisor, my employer, and the ability just to go off and do what I think is right. And Dealing with communication of multiple levels of stakeholders and and getting buy-off on editorial calendars, covers, and everything else just got to be something that uh, I was not ideally suited to. So that was really, you know, if there was, and I wouldn't even, honestly, I wouldn't call it a misstep because having the experience of working for an OEM has really put me in a much better position to work with Porsche when when we work with uh, Porsche at PCA and understand what the challenges are that they face as a, as a manufacturer. I certainly don't think I would have that but for this this detour and, and going off and doing the Chevy magazine. But after two years, it was, you know, it was good to transition into this back into a smaller environment where I have a bit more autonomy. Yeah. You know, I was so excited for you when you jumped into this position because I've known you ever since your days back at Haggerty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to see you, and I know you're a passionate Porsche guy, but you're also a passionate guy and you're the kind of guy that takes the reins and can run with them with uh, much skill set and can get the thing done. So I understand. Yeah. Nothing drives me more crazy than having uh, micromanagers above you, yeah. around you that are telling you, oh, I think the color of there needs to change a little more green. You're just looking uh, at them like, 
questioning well, about your choice of, of writers. I mean, I remember uh, I was fortunate enough to get Jim Cobb, who ran the auto section at the New York Times for a very long time to sort of come out of retirement and do a, a piece for me. And I had some middle manager there saying, well, who is this Jim Cobb guy? Are you sure he's right for this piece? I'm like, <laughs> would you would you just Google him or go to LinkedIn or something like that and yeah. never ask me that question ever again? Yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, and no, I understand. Some people can put up with it and they know how to walk those to out those alligators on the pond and others it just drives you insane. You just want to be able to do your job well and, and have some trust. I think for me that's the bigger part of it, is trust in me. I can do this, you know? Let me do my job. Well, let's uh talk about a car that uh is really special for you and you know, in your last your last appearance here we talked about your first really special car. So maybe we jump forward cuz I've seen you, I follow you on social media. You've had some interesting cars, and uh, uh, maybe talk about something more current that's been exciting for you, or maybe a challenge. We'll see where we go with this. <laughs> well, you know, since I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, everything that's around right now is a Porsche. So by definition, none of them are a challenge. They all start. They don't break. You know, honestly, I think one of the more special cars that I've had, it was probably about five years ago, but... It was a 911 SC. It's an 82, second to last year 911 SC that I bought uh, one year during uh, during Pebble Beach off of Craigslist, used it instead of a rental car, and enjoyed it the entire week, and then held on to it for about three years. But I daily drove that car for a number of years and just used it the way you're supposed to use a car. I took it to Home Depot. I, you know, I, it was my only car. Um, I was living in Northern Michigan at the time, so the, the virtually non-existent air conditioning was fine. But it's just, when I think about cars that are special to me, I think about that car. I think about the 72911S that I bought in college. I think about the E-Type, the 65 Series 1 E-Type Coupe that I had. And they're all cars that I daily drove. They're all cars that, you know, that were just driver quality cars. And I think that the surprise that you see on people's faces when... I loaded a bunch of two by fours into an E-type. Uh, I had an E-type Roadster at the time at a, at a Home Depot with the top down. <laughs> and just the jaws that would drop. It's like, dude, you're putting two by fours, you're putting building material into this, this classic car. I'm like, yeah, so what? You know, it's just, it's metal, rubber, glass, leather. You know, it's a car. And, and I think that the cars that have been the most special to me over the years have been the ones that I really just treated as as a car and and used as as daily drivers. Yeah, absolutely. SCs of course, bulletproof awesome cars. Yeah. Love those things. I've got a good buddy Bill that has a beautiful paint to sample metallic green one that I would love to have next to my orange crush turbo. They look so good sitting side by side, but Bill oh, won't let fantastic. that Bill won't let that thing go. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure he would for the right price, but it would probably be something a little ridiculous. So, that's okay. As we were saying earlier, color makes a huge difference in the Porsche world. It, it really does. I mean, the paint to sample car, as you know, carry a giant premium over a guard's red car, or a silver car, or a black car, or a white car. So it's just, yeah. you know, it's it's an interesting little phenomenon in the Porsche world. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that next. But first, how about a seller's remorse story? Is there a car since we last spoke you've let go that you wish you had back? Oh, goodness. You know, honestly, I find myself missing the Ferrari 308 that I had up until last year. And, I, you know, it was one of those things where all of my preconceived notions about the car really went out the window. 
you know, I expected the build quality to be, you know, kind of borderline crappy. I expected to have my share of problems with it. I expected really, you know, I budgeted a ridiculous amount of money every year to maintain the car. And none of that stuff wound up being true. I mean, the car cool. was Camry reliable. The doors shut with a nice, not quite, you know, sort of the, the arrogant ping that a 911 has when you shut the doors. But, you know, with a nice thunk, nothing fell off the car. Nothing broke. I did one belt service that wasn't terribly expensive. The engine doesn't have to come out to do that. And there's a fair amount on the car that, that's DIY friendly. So I miss the fun of, of running through the gears in that car. I miss the gated shifter. I miss the noise that it made. And, and you know, I miss the way it looked in my garage. So yeah. there's some seller's remorse over that car. Yeah, understood. Well, let's talk about this new project that you embarked on at PCA called Rendbow, R-E-N-N-B-O-W. It's near and dear to my heart because it has to do with color. Uh, my regular listeners know I have a paint-to-sample metallic orange, an 87 Turbo. I affectionately call my orange crush. Uh, that means the world to me. I love that car just because the color is just insane. I, I would have never ordered or bought a car that color. It just kind of happened to happen. But let's talk first about What's happening there at uh, Porsche Panorama, the magazine, which you guys are doing an incredible job. I mean, I just love it. I love the fact that so many of the covers are shot by people that have been guests on my show, friends of mine now. The stories written are friends of mine now through Cars. Yeah, it's great. But let's first talk about this Renbau project, because I have a feeling this wasn't quite as easy as the concept initially came to mind. Nothing ever is. I mean, just driving your car around, and, and you alluded to this earlier, obviously, the amount of questions, the amount of attention that it gets over the color is is probably just absolutely overwhelming. But it's it's one of those things in the Porsche world that, you know, it's kind of always been that way. There's a giant premium that people attach to colors that are that are unusual, that are rare. Everybody's got an opinion on colors. You know, there are Viper Green people, there are Continental Orange people, there are Speed Yellow people, Minerva Blue people, whatever it is. And then there are people that are probably like the majority of Porsche owners that like good old guards, red or silver or white or black. But there's there are so many opinionated people and they're the, the color palette over the years was so diverse. And it's really interesting the way it breaks down historically in the 60s. You saw a lot of bright shades that, that just sort of went along with the psychedelic eras. You got into the Reagan years, the palette got a lot more conservative, a lot of, of grays whites, blacks, and, and things like that. And, and uh, so it's cyclical, but it's really interesting the way that, that uh, colors come in and out of fashion. It's just, if you're as geeky as I am about it, it's really just this rabbit hole that, that you know, once you go down it, you know, there's, there's really sort of no going back. So we looked at what was out there, and there's some really very fine uh, color sites out there, but they tend to be sort of fragmented. There's a 914 one, there's a 928 one. There really wasn't one out there that's purported to get everything together from the 356 era, the present, and essentially crowdsource it, make it into a wiki. And that's really what we wanted to do is give people the opportunity to participate in this, to, to upload their favorite shots or, or upload pictures of their car and, and do those sorts of things. And that's really, I think, what sets this apart is the, the, the crowdsource element to it. The challenge to it was we didn't want it to go live being terribly incomplete because it, it, you know, then you're, you're just in a situation where people go to it once. They say, move along. There's nothing to see here. There are 50, you know, different colors and, and 
200 images and really not much to see here. So we made a giant behind the scenes effort. We, uh, we enlisted the membership of PCA to preload this with as many different colors as we possibly could. So it went live with about 500 colors and 1700 images. And in very short order, it's only been live for a week. We've added, I think about 600 more images, a lot of new colors that, that we didn't have before. And the speed of it, at which we're getting, uh, you know, the rate at which we're getting new images just really hasn't let up since it went live. It was written about a fair amount in, in the automotive media, and it's, you know, the response to it has just been really uh, wonderful. It's been fantastic. Can anybody access it, or do you have to be a member of the PCA? No, that's the beauty of it. It all lives in front of the login wall, so anybody can access it. Anybody can browse it, enjoy it, you know, send us a photo. It's really, you know, meant to be something that is all-inclusive. If you love Porsches, if you're fascinated by color, you know, it's your destination. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I got to play with it when it first came out. Uh, It was fun to see my car in there. It's like, ah, there's my own orange crest. That's great. And uh, there was colors in there that I didn't know about, and I kind of Look at myself as somewhat of a Porsche aficionado because I've had so many of them. But I'm like, what's that? I've never, I'm not familiar with that color. That's pretty cool. So no, I, uh, in the same way, I mean, I consider myself a Porsche color geek, but uh, there have been a lot of colors that that. Say, what the hell is jungle green? I've never seen this yeah, before. That was I one say, I, I went. can't begin <laughs> to pronounce it in German, but it looks really, really funny in German. And it's one of the things that we have on the site is we've got the name of the color in, in German as well and sort of a rareness rating. You know, how rare is this color on a, a scale of one to five? So yeah. there's there's a lot in there. There's a lot more than just, uh, you know, color chips and, and images. So having played with it here, Rob, this is going to be an impossible question, but we'll see if we can at least answer how you feel today. Is there one color now that you've kind of embarked on this that you go, wow, that's my new favorite color? You know, Frank Sinatra has a quote that I love, and it's orange is the happiest color. And I am really (laughs) a fan of orange cars. I love your metallic orange turbo. So anything orange, but I especially like continental orange, which is kind of a a mid-70s color. You saw it on 74 Carreras a lot. I'm a huge fan of that color. Arrow blue from sort of the same era, I love. Any of the Skittles colors, you know, sort of the, the bright, you know, 70s colors, I really like, I guess, you know, the, the International Race of Champions, IROC imprinted on me as a, as, a, as a really young kid. So lime green, the bright yellows, I think, you know, those, those are just wonderful colors. Yeah. Mint green. Love Mint that green. color. Oh, yeah. From the early 90s. Mint yeah. green is a great color. But I mean, the thing is, you know, there's some of the some just absolutely fantastic colors and almost nobody ordered them. I mean, Riviera yeah. Blue. Another great, uh, you know, sort of early night, probably one of the best colors Porsche has ever done. Five people ordered it, you know, I yep. mean, literally. Um, it just, it, it boggles the mind. But, you know, it's tough to, to break the, the guards red, you know, black, silver, and white monopoly. I know. You look through the back of Porsche Panorama, all the cars for sale, black, red, white, yep. silver, black. I'm like, I'm always looking for the unique ones. And every once in a while you find one and go, okay, I want to see what that's all about. But uh, no, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And let's touch on the Porsche Club of America, PCA, because I've been a member for a long, long time. It's a spectacular club with some great people. You don't have to own a Porsche to be involved. You guys put out the Panorama, which is an absolutely wonderful publication. And it, as I said earlier, uh, to me, it just keeps getting better and better. And I'll, I'll tell you a little secret here. You know, I used to subscribe to about 40 magazines. Wow. And I've really culled back sure a lot. 40 magazines left. Well, probably not anymore. I yeah. think I'm down to about six now, but uh, my panorama 
is one of those. Pete Stout's triple zero. Hey, I, I use some yeah. of that money that I wasn't spending on 30 of those and bought his because yeah. it's a rather expensive, but I love it's what a, he's it's doing a there. Magazine. Yeah, it's cool. So tell, tell our listeners uh, why they should get involved with PCA and get involved with Panorama and uh, enjoy some of the things you and I enjoy. Yeah, well, I mean, PCA is kind of like it's the supplemental owner's manual for your Porsche. I mean, it, it really, you know, once you have the car, here are all the things you can do with it, whether it's driver's education, you know, Treffen tours, uh, parade, which is the big once a year event that that uh, revolves around different locations in the country. And uh, of, of course, Panorama, which, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of loath to, to toot my own horn, but it's the product of of people who have Richard Barron was the art director at Road and Track for 25 years, a fellow Washingtonian. Amy Skoogstrom, who's been with with Automobile and Car and Driver. All the freelancers, all the photographers are, are names that that you know. And, you know, we're really trying to put out a magazine that, that you know, stands really on its own two feet is, is really just a wonderful car magazine, not just a good club publication, but really um, a car magazine that you want to read, that you don't want to throw away, that you want to give to a friend, you know, when, when you're done with it. And uh, again, it's the work of people like the folks that I just mentioned, Richard, Amy, photographers like Michael Allen Ross, Randy Wells, another person from from your state. The, the, the great thing about Panorama is the number of really top professionals who want to work with us. I mean, that's the thing that, that really I, I love about doing it is is just the people that I get to work with and the people who do, you know, the, the really hard work to make it what it is. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'll make sure I put links to Porsche Club of America PCA so you can check it out. Uh, if you love anything about Porsches or you just love cars in general, uh, it's a great publication. Highly recommend it. So, Rob, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Rob, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question now. I didn't have this question when you were first on the show. It was uh-huh. a different question. So something and new for you to here. Look at the second sheet of the questions. So this is oh good. Well, this will be uh, off the cuff. Well, this is a little bit of a tough one, but I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. If you were a car, if you were manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what kind of car would Rob Sass be and why? You're going to like this. I would like to be a 75 or a 76 Turbo Carrera, the the first turbo. First gen turbo. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Well, you know, just because I, I think that they're kind of a little bit edgy. There was. You know, it was the height of the Malays era. I mean, it's a car that I really respect because when everything else was slow and crappy, you had this car that would go zero to 60 in about five seconds that would performance on par of a muscle car from 10 years before at a time when, you know, people were building the Mustang too. So I just think that the sort of bolt out of the blue aspect of that car and the fact that it's just a little bit unpredictable is, or, or really you know that's you know if i could aspire to be a car it's i'm 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 not a 76 turbo carrera but if i could aspire to be any car that's probably <laughs> what it would be just because it it was so shocking so surprising and you know a little bit unpredictable yeah and i love the fact that you alluded to or you said it was the malaise area i'm malaise era i'm part of a malaise facebook group that is a hilarious group of guys <laughs> I really have some fun with these guys because they're so far out of my element. But I really appreciate the fact that they love cars and they love this malaise area, which is that goofy period. Yeah, when all the car makers were just making just crummy stuff. Yeah, when like a 500 <laughs> cubic inch Cadillac V8 made 175 horsepower or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, it was just it was ridiculous. But yeah, was ga- gaps in the door seals that were three inches wide, and I mean it's just everything about it. But yeah. it was fun stuff. So. In hindsight, it's fun, but, you know, I suppose for a dealer in 1974 trying to move a Chevy Vega, probably not so fun. Uh, no, that's why uh, the Porsche was the king of the hill back then. It was like the supercar of the day. I mean, it was well, just yeah. outrageous. Well, so. yeah, and, you know, Porsche never got the memo that the Malays era was going on. Nah, no, no, no. They were just going, uh, we build what we want. So, and that's what they did. Well, we're entering the last lap here, Rob. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Do what you love doing. Do what you're passionate about. And as far as as, as cars that I've owned, buy what you like. Don't buy something to make money. Buy what you truly love. Absolutely, because you might get stuck with it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, you know, I, I think I alluded to this earlier, but, you know, just taking the time to just have your downtime daydream, think about what's possible, not what is the deliverable for this quarter or or this month or this week, but just what's what's possible in a, in a perfect world. What can you do? Just make time to daydream. You know, I always thought about people like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, 
how much time they spent doing that. Because they had to have spent a fair amount of time doing that, or you couldn't come up with a thing like this Apple iPhone or a rocket that goes to Mars. <laughs> yeah, a focus group did not come up with the iPhone. And it's, it is great. We do reader surveys. We solicit feedback like anyone else. But people are better at reacting to something they've seen rather than telling you, I want this. Yeah, so. exactly. Now, how about a resource? I'm kind of guessing I know the answer to this. I always ask my guests for a great resource that they can go to. Uh, would you say Renbow? <laughs> no, I would not be shameless enough to say Renbow. Oh, but, come on. Uh, That's what we're yeah, all about if you, here. If you're, a, if you're a Porsche color geek, by all means, go to Renbow. Um, Renbow, but, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like the bow because I think of Rainbow, Renbow. I get it. But, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's great. But no. What else then? Well, is a, is a resource on the, the web, uh, you know, I, I not to be a, a homer again, but the amount <laughs> that's available on PCA.org just in terms of, of uh, resources for whatever issue you have with your Porsche or whatever you want to do with it. There's a tremendous amount of content there. Strangely yeah. enough, you know, I find that when I'm doing projects on on cars, you know, if I need to figure out how to take the door panel off a 997, YouTube is... A, yeah. You know, it's a phenomenal resource for that. But uh, I'm a firm believer in there's a video for that, no matter what it is, and, and going to YouTube before I walk into the garage to do anything. I mean, it used to be everybody grabbed a Haynes manual. Now everybody just fires up YouTube. Yeah. No, I love YouTube. It saved me. I had to take my wife's radio out of her BMW X5, and I'm sitting here looking at how it's snugly fitting in the dash going, how on earth do I get this out of here? And, of course, my smart son goes, Dad, here, watch this. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, twist, turn, one little thing, boom, the whole thing comes out. I would have been yeah. prying at the dash, scraping things up, messing everything up. I yeah. know. It's like I, I bought a, a early 90s uh, Volvo Turbo Wagon just to have somebody take to Radwood a couple of months ago. And the vent selector was was screwed up. You know, I couldn't get air to come out any place other than the, uh, the defroster vents. And I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, there's a YouTube video for that. You have vacuum leak. Here's where it is. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Fixed. Yeah. Love it. You know, I love $700 it. Seven hundred dollars saved. Thank you, yeah. YouTube. Thank you very much. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Oh, this is going to come as a giant shock to you, but his initials are FP. Care oh, to guess? I, I've heard of that guy, Ferry P. Porsche, Porsche maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ferdinand and Ferry. Yeah, Ferdinand and Ferry. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> yeah. Sit down yeah, and have a nice half of ice with with both of them. I think that'd be pretty darn cool. Is there a book that you can share with us that you've enjoyed reading? Well, not to keep giving props to to Washingtonians, but I'm going to have to do it again. But uh, Ryan Snodgrass's book on uh, early Porsche turbos is probably the greatest single model book that I've ever seen in my life. I, I have not been able to put it down since getting it. I mean, if you're you know, it is just full of every bit of geeky goodness about those cars, the, you know, the car that if I were a car, I'd want to be. So naturally, you know, I'm I'm going to go with Ryan's uh, early turbo book, but it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it is a great book. I'll remind you, you can find all these great resources Rob has shared on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go there and type in Rob with one B, R-O-B, SAS, S-A-S-S, and you'll find it right there. All right, Rob, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to buy you any car on the planet today. Oh, thanks, Mark. You're welcome. But there are some rules to my game because it's got to be a bit of a challenge. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here, but that's no problem for you. You're a driving kind of guy. But here's the kicker. It's the only 
collector car you can park in your garage. So what can I buy you? Oh, this is easy. Oh, okay. A Porsche 904 Carrera GTS. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You're so not I, a cheap I'm, date. I'm, I'm going to put a dent <laughs> in your bank account, but yeah. you any car. No cheap dates with you tonight. Um, Sorry. Yeah, that's okay, because that's a very, very special car. Let me Let me ask you a little bit about why that car, because there's a lot of Porsches to choose from, old and new, but the 904 GTS, that's a rather unique car. It's just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, I, I don't, there's, there's nothing else to say. There's not a bad angle or bad element anywhere to the car. I just, you know, every time I see one, I stop dead in my tracks and, and God, this car is just impossibly beautiful. And it's a car that doesn't get really, I, you know, I think that, that there's this sort of prevailing prejudice that Germans don't do beautiful cars. They do efficient cars. They do well-designed cars, but they don't do beautiful cars. And, you know, this is the car that calls bullshit to, to that. It is absolutely as pretty as anything Italian or, or British. You know, it's just an absolutely gorgeous car. And they drive pretty nicely, too. Uh, yeah, I've never had the pleasure of driving. I have driven in one. I got to do some laps in a real one once, but I didn't get to drive. I guess the guy didn't trust me quite that much, but uh, that's okay. I would not want to damage a car like that. But they are gorgeous and very unique for their time, the way they were manufactured, the way that uh, fiberglass body uh, was connected to the frame and everything. I mean, it's absolutely a, a fantastic car. All right. Well, Rob, you've taken me on a great ride. I knew you would today. I want to thank you for coming back to be my guest Thanks here. Thanks for I'm, having me. Well, of course, of course. You know, we run into each other at car shows, and I always say, I got to get you back on the show. And our lives go in opposite directions, but with uh, Rinbo uh, having come out, I went, I got to get him back to talk about this because it's absolutely a fantastic thing you've done there. Kudos to you and your team for pulling that whole thing off and for it being a living, breathing thing that just keeps to get growing and growing. I think that's great. What's the best way for our listeners, again, to learn more about you and to follow along with the PCA? Just go to PCA.org, or if they want to follow along and, and see what's going on with Renbo, Renbo, R-E-N-N-B-O-W.org, and submit a picture. You know, as you said, it's a living, breathing thing. By all means, if you see something that we got wrong, if there's a color missing, if there's a car under the wrong color, let us know, because it's it's a work in progress. It always will be. Absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find everything on Rob's show notes page. And if you missed my first talk with him, you can go back and see uh, how new I was at this little venture. Ignore me, but he was great. So uh, you can listen to his first show there again back on the Cars yeah! website. Rob, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be with me today and for sharing your expertise on Porsches and cars and life. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. 
Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.